between episode 17, the essential ingredient for a successful pharma EHR strategy. American healthcare entrepreneurs and executives you want to know, talking. Relentlessly seeking value. This podcast in between episode is mostly dedicated to pharma teams who have determined that EHRs and health information technologies are here to stay and that it's a business imperative to develop initiatives that suit a digitized healthcare ecosystem. However, this information also has relevance to startups or other entrepreneurs looking to work with pharma. Take this as a word of advice. If you're working with a pharma team and you're noticing that they are not doing the things that I am going to talk about in a sec, get the check up front, if you know what I mean. I don't mean to be cheeky. You could also help them go through some of the strategic steps that I will mention. All right. So if your pharmaceutical team has concluded that it is a business imperative to do any of the following integrate electronic health records into your digital strategy, integrate your data with claims or EHR data, automate dispenses written, DAW, get new indications to show up faster within EHR care pathways, deliver clinical decision-making advice at the point of decision within the clinical workflow, integrate clinical pathways within the EHR system, Use EHR systems to alert prescribers of appropriate patients for your brand. Get patients back in the office for titration or to assess failure of first-line therapy. Or use EHR data and or capabilities to support a risk-based contract or a value-based care arrangement. In sum, if your team has concluded that an EHR strategy is a sensible imperative to safeguard brand preference and surface-appropriate patients, now what? One of the most consistent truths that we see at Aventria when working with a new pharmaceutical client is that there isn't a sufficient process in place to achieve an EHR strategy at scale. This might come as no surprise, actually. It's tough to have a documented rubric for something that no one within a company has ever really done before. But this matters. Success is tough to achieve, or efficiently achieve anyway, without discipline around how success will be achieved. Let me get into the most important takeaway right now. If you're going to achieve a business imperative with an EHR-related strategy, you definitely will need a structured process to guide your team from here to there. Just in case you're concerned that you may be lacking such a strategy, but you aren't sure, here are the symptoms that a team might be experiencing when lacking a process model for EHR-related efforts. Symptom number one, you have an abundance of project plans or brand plan documents with EHR-driven objectives. But no matter how much time goes by, the team only accomplishes what could be considered precursors to an implementation, but not any implementations. 
There might be a whole lot of research reports, for example. There might be slide decks and talk about population health management and clinical decision support. And EHR may feature prominently within those. There maybe is an EHR training module. There may have even been EHR talks with individual target customers. Someone might have even gotten a meeting with Epic or Allscripts or maybe even built some kind of prototype. All of these activities and information are important and maybe even essential. I would never say that they're not. But while they inform the actual project work in and of themselves, they're not an implementation, an integration, or an execution. It's a symptom of missing rigor if the team continues beyond a necessary point to work on things which are not directly going to lead to a business result. Let's talk about symptom number two. The business objective is not a true business objective, if you think about it. We've been in more than one meeting over the past any number of years where we ask our client about their goal and their kind of reflexive response is to get our messaging in an EHR system or to connect our app to EHR systems or to make sure our drug is in the order set or get our copay card in there somewhere. These are not goals, really. They are possible ways to attain a goal, for sure, but they're not goals in and of themselves. In some cases, it might be pretty obvious what the end game is. But when the actual goal remains unsaid, it's a sign that there quite possibly is a gap in the model because a robust strategic plan, we all know, minimizes the tendency to sidestep goal statements and as a common consequence, get lost in the sauce. And it is really easy to get lost in the sauce with these programs. This stuff is really complicated, as we all know, really, really well. So unless we have a clear sightline to what we're trying to achieve, especially if we're working with a team, and each member of the team has their own area of expertise, rabbit holes abound. And I'll leave it at that. Symptom number three, the team has approached customers, but none of these customers are agreeable to a collaboration. And there is little or no team-wide rigor to understand the root of their disinterests and then engineer a fix. Usually what we see instead are a lot of potentially true, but generally indirect rationalizations, such as the sales team isn't, dot, 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 or the customer wants, insert fairly unobtainable request here, or med legal regulatory won't approve, dot, dot, dot. None of these things is a deal breaker as long as there's experience and rigor around how you put the plan together to overcome them. Make no mistake, it's super easy to get in any of the above predicaments with the environment in pharma today. This is probably why there's such common scenarios. Sometimes calling out the situation requires the backing and momentum of an external subject matter expert. It's hard to read the label from inside the bottle, if you know what I mean, but it's even harder to gain consensus. As you may have suspected by now, <laughs> given that this is an in-between episode and all, Aventria has a battle-tested process model to guide pharma's EHR-driven strategies in the market access space specifically. And we have found it really essential to diligently use it. EHR strategies, for whatever reason, can magnify pharma's challenges, which is why we came up with our process model to begin with. 
So if you've realized that perhaps your team could use a little assistance in putting rigor around your EHR-related ambitions, you might be interested in the model that we use here at Aventria. We call it our PASS model, which stands for Pilot Assessment Success Strategy. It consists of five major stages. So let me kind of tick through them. You could create your own model for sure, but I would recommend that the stages in it just based on our experience, are similar as this is a proven model that works. Number one, subdomain exploration. Here's what I mean by that. EHR integration is bigger than just technology. We've identified 10 subdomains that intersect with the EHR part of the equation. And each one of these co-travelers really must be present and accounted for if any strategy involving EHR is going to make it the whole way past go and on to actually achieving business objectives. As an example, discipline around the how, when, and what of regulatory approvals is definitely one of these subdomains that has to be very well considered early on. I find myself saying something in meetings all the time, and that is technology in and of itself has no value. Business models have value. And technology might be a part of a business model, but it's certainly not a standalone or stand-in. Number two stage in our past model is customer segmentation. Everyone knows that large organized customers are not homogenous. There's that old cliche, you've seen one hospital? You've seen one hospital, but it's striking how many times for whatever reason, strategies involving EHR assume that there's one big customer segment called our target customers. Occasionally, this is broken down into our target customers with Epic, but in our opinion, segmenting by EHR usually doesn't help. On the other hand, there's a tendency to over-rotate in the opposite direction and consider every single customer a unique N of one. The issue here is that any strategy developed has one big problem. It cannot scale. We've been intimate with the inner workings of, geez, about 3,000 sites of care at this juncture, so we're pretty well qualified, I think, to contend that there are four major technology archetypes of customers that you may encounter in the wild. It's important to understand and build for these archetypes, or really the ones that you have defined yourself. I think the important point here is that you have archetypes and that you build for them. Stage. Three, solution construction. I prefer a methodology called convex tinkering. You start out with a direction built on opportunistic thinking and an understanding of exposure to risk. Then you observe and refine. Regardless of the methodology you use, I think the most important part of solution construction in this space is constraint relaxation, which I love. But there's not time in this in-between episode to get into it. But suffice to say that it's a critical element of any strategy that will actually work in the real world with the technology ecosystem that exists. Just um, do a search for constraint relaxation. It's interesting, trust me. Stage four, technology selection. First, you will need a core set of integration modules. Let me back up for a moment. Any company, agency, consultancy that your pharma team chooses to engage to help build your EHR strategy should have at the ready at this juncture a core set of EHR modules. 
At this point in the industry's technology evolution, these modules should be in use and working with enough provider or payer organizations that you can confidently assume that they will work for you too. To be transparent, Aventria has a core set of EHR modules that are actively working well today. I would be cautious of any agency that suggests they will devise an EHR strategy if they have not implemented an EHR strategy. This is often, in fact, the reason that some of the symptoms that I talked about earlier tend to occur. And after selecting the right strategic partner who should come with a complete set of baseline technology modules, you might need to augment with some specialized technology capabilities. So a good strategic process will include a phase where potential specialized technology partners are filtered and vetted and engaged. What matters here is the quality of the pool of potential candidates that you start with and the systematic way that those candidates are assessed and compared. Stage number five, commencement of the MVP, minimum viable product. This last step, because this is the last step, also could be the first step. Roll it out and get some fast results. Why, you ask? Number one, leadership usually appreciates results. But here's why that is really important. Pharma, like all large regulated corporations, tends to be risk averse. Many times this manifests in odd ways that are ultimately more risky than the risk of innovation or trying something slightly new. I would be bold enough to state that there's more risk in spending too much money up front than there is in building a no bells and whistles version and testing it out with customers. My evidence basis for building a plan with an MVP endgame is backed by science as much as it is by personal experience. Humans, even the smartest amongst us, are frankly pretty awful at anticipating the first order consequences of any action, let alone the second or the third. So no matter how much cognitive power or money that we might throw at a solution stack, we never are going to be fully able to accurately assess and process how all the dominoes are going to fall. So I don't know. Being a practical type who reads a lot, the answer to me is clear. Figure out the minimum build, measure success, do the next right thing. I hope you found this helpful. If you're interested in learning more, then definitely check out aventriahealth.com online, or you could email my co-president, Dave Dirk, over at Aventria Health. His email address is dave.dirk, D-I-E-R-K, at aventriahealth.com. My name is Stacey Richter, and this podcast is sponsored by Aventria Health Group. Links to everything discussed on the program today can be found at RelentlessHealthValue.com. If you visit the website, RelentlessHealthValue.com, you will also find a complete listing of all of the shows that we have published thus far with leading entrepreneurs and executives in the healthcare space today. Another cool feature is, you know, you can subscribe to the show so that every week, the episode is automatically sent to you so you don't have to remember to go to the website to download it. Thanks so much for listening.